Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Christmas edition of the London Walks podcast. It's Adam here. I'm waiting to bump into my London Walks chum and colleague Andy. I'm in Cecil Court and listening to the lovely Christmas carols. Welcome to the London Walks podcast. This episode, Christmas London. Presented by Andy Hallett and Adam Scott Goulding. Hello, Adam. Are we recording? We're recording now, Andrew. We're in Cecil Court. We're in Cecil Court. I love Cecil Court. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, we've just bumped into a friend of yours who said, the first thing she said, I love this street. Yeah, well, it is very Christmassy. Particularly this time of year, it's got great character, hasn't it? We've got, um, listen to that, just the opportune what? moment for people to come past and just sing Christmas carol. That's what it does to people. Absolutely. It's so spontaneous caroling here. In fact, they are collecting money for Age UK. Oh, They're doing great charitable works, uh, singing Christmas carols, and it's providing us with a rather lovely uh, backdrop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, a beautiful little shopping street between uh, the Channing Cross Road and St Martin's Lane. St Martin's Lane. Uh, so the Channing Cross Road to the west, St Martin's Lane to the east. Uh, this was, uh, well, countryside. I mean, 17th century. Um, well, you think the city of London's kind of expanded outwards. Uh, you think of uh, 450 years ago when Shakespeare was alive. Somewhere like Soho would have been the um, all, all countryside. Soho was an old hunting call, wasn't it? So we're not far from Soho where we're standing now. So imagine countryside. This land was bought in 1609 by Robert Cecil, secretary to um, Elizabeth I. OK, and, hence uh, Cecil Court. OK, very Cecil good. Cecil Court, and around the corner is a lovely pub called the, called the Salisbury, because he was the Earl of Salisbury. And the way we see it today, it's been extended. It's been widened, actually. In the 19th century, it was widened. I think it was something of a slum in the 18th, um, mid-19th century. So it was kind of widened here. So some of the shop fronts we see today, um, it's been brought back a little bit. So when we talk about, um, well, Mozart apparently lived here in the 18th century. So th- th- this was slum dwelling in the 18th? Slum dwelling in the 18th and mid-19th century, then realigned in... Um, towards the end of the 19th century to the shop fronts we see today. So, for example, I think Mozart would have lived at number 20, 21, which would now be number 9 or something today. So a slightly different kind of... Um, the numbering would have been different if they indeed were numbers. OK, and the, this, um, this, this mansion block to the north here, uh, there's a plaque on this one too facing out onto the Charing Cross Road. Al Bowley right. lived here, the great crooner, uh, who's famous... Uh, perhaps his most famous song, The Very Thought of You. Um, very lovely. Mellifluous uh, crooner. Um, a great rival. Al Bowley's fans considered him to be a great rival to Bing Crosby. Oh, okay. um, Bing Crosby being the, the, the king of Christmas. Uh, he made his last uh, performances here in the UK. Bing Crosby died in 1977 um, on a Spanish golf course, of all things. Uh, made his last performances and indeed his last recordings in London, uh, including uh, Little Drummer Boy with David Bowie. Uh, local by they told me a newborn king to see wow and then later on uh, John Gilgood Ellen Terry actually uh, John Gilgood actors lived in Cecil Court I'm standing right now um yeah, I mean, it's just, I think the booksellers, I mean, we're looking straight down the road here, and it's just stuff full of um, 
bookshops, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's bookended by Chains, which is a new uh, development here. Uh, to the west, we've got Byron, the, the hamburger chain, uh, and to the east, we've got Chipotle, the, the burrito chain. But other than that, there's no sign of St. Arbuck here, the patron saint of brown milk. <laughs> uh, there's no sign of McDonald's. Uh, there are one-offs, one-man ba- oh, thank you, one-offs, one-man bands, one-woman bands, unique boutiques, collectibles, antiques, jewellery, books, theatrical memorabilia, posters, stamps, banknotes. Uh, it's great, isn't it? Even got a even got a magic shop here as well. Um, but you swing by here on swing by here on the uh, the Harry Potter walk. Uh, I mean, some people say this would have been the the inspiration for J.K. Rowling's um, Harry Potter, okay. so Diagon Alley. But it was just off the Charing Cross Road, and Charing Cross, of course, known for booksellers along here. This is that's kind of disappeared a little bit, hasn't it? I suppose. Yeah, Cross. we all do it. You know, we press the button, and the the books on the doormat the very next day, and the repercussion is that the the bookshops on the Charing Cross Road are closing one by one. But this is like Charing Cross Road gone by in microcosm here in Cecil Court. It's the time of place we can get our first editions. Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of tasty ones just along here. uh, A lot of J.K. Rowling stuff. Indeed. Well, Goldsboro Books here, I think it was, um, they're they're doing... We seem to have stumbled on a sort of Christmas celebration here. They're doing a Secret Santa, please take a present, uh, which is very nice. But I see they've got a a lovely first edition of Helena Hanf's uh, 84 Charing Cross Road in the window, uh, which would be a beautiful Christmas present for anyone. Uh, The platonic love story between the uh, the, new, the brash New York City writer, Helena Hanfer, and I think his name was Frank Dole, uh, who owned a bookshop on the Charing Cross Road, or who worked in a bookshop on the Charing Cross Road, and she would write to him, making terrible demands for um, out-of-print books, and he would respond as best he could, and it became a, a great uh, correspondence, made into a lovely movie with Anne Bancroft uh, and... Uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Okay. Uh, so a lovely first edition there. Well, we've got some of Agatha Christie, Graham Greene. We have J.K. Rowling as well. The Casual Vacancy, a non-Harry Potter book. There was a famous, uh, quite, actually quite recently, when she brought out her, uh, The Cuckoo's Calling, um, one of the booksellers along um, Cecil Court um, asked for 250 signed copies of it by Richard... Galbraith, and and then it was leaked to the press that it actually was J.K. Rowling, and those, the, the, the price of those books shot up to a thousand pounds each, and he insisted on still selling them at sixteen ninety nine. So he brought two hundred and fifty of them. He already sold one hundred and thirty, had one hundred and twenty left, gave four to staff, and they're the ones he sold at sixteen ninety nine. An honest broker, yeah, unusual. I, I knew I loved Cecil Court, <laughs> uh, and they've also got their Harry Potter display in the window here, Hogwarts. Yeah, uh, various I mean, new editions. Yes, I mean the first edition. If you got hold of the first edition, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, uh, I think there were five hundred of them, which first first of all came out, and uh, most of those went to the library. So if you imagine two hundred or so were not particularly good condition for a collector's edition, uh, the other two hundred, they reckon, well, you could. Uh, they go for between eleven thousand and twenty-five thousand pounds a day. I mean, incredible, incredible amounts of money. There's a great story about a, uh, a guy from the Daily Telegraph who works for the um, uh, the arts correspondent, the Daily Telegraph. His name is Nigel Reynolds, and he met J.K. Rowling for a coffee before she was famous, and she was trying to publicise her new book. And they met up, had a chat, had a coffee, and she gave him a first edition. He walked away, you know, went back to the office, skimmed through it, read a little bit of it, dumped it in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> These critics, what do they know? <laughs> well, it's a beautiful atmosphere here with the the, 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 the Christmas lights uh, along Cecil Court here, and of course the uh, 
the, 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 the Christmas uh, music in the background. My favourite shop, I think, if I were to be... Well, I've got two favourites here. I like March Payne over there, which is a kids' bookshop, uh, <laughs> full of fantastic first editions. Um, and, and always a bit of punk rock in the window as well. It's a beautifully refreshing touch. Uh, there's a, a poster of the Sex Pistols there. Uh, beside all the kids' first editions. Uh, so, yes, if you're listening to this, Father Christmas, um, March Payne, uh, perhaps a lovely copy of Peter Pan in Kensington Gardens, uh, or Tales from Moomin Valley, uh, a, a lovely edition there. Oh, C.S. Lewis, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Absolutely, no, beautifully that's done as well. I mean, I think that's the thing w- that we would send you to Cecil Court for, is, you know, it's a, a particularly special present, something off the beaten track, something out of the ordinary. And now I remember you did a lovely bit on the on the service here. It's got a particularly unique. Yeah, I've found that in most of the second-hand bookshops <laughs> up and down the Charing Cross Road. They are, um, yes, the, the the service culture of "Can I help you, sir? Have a nice day." Is um, yeah, you won't find that here, and it's all the better for it if you ask did me. You say someone was once weeping. Yes, I remember walking shop. into a bookshop on the Charing Cross Road, and I couldn't get served because the uh, the shop assistant was weeping. Um, copiously and at, at great length um, yes it's uh, a fabulous little kind of oasis isn't it of, of major thoroughfares the Charing Cross Road in St Martin's Lane you've got this beautiful road here yeah I, mean, I love it absolutely not I would heartily recommend this as a place for your Christmas shopping London Walks podcast was compiled, produced and presented by Andy Hallett and Adam Scott Goulding. For details of the full programme of London Walks, London's best guided walking tours, go to www.walks.com. The London Walks podcast was an APB production.